This podcast may not be suitable for children under the age of 13. Welcome to episode 10 of Shit Shit Gets Real. I'm Selena Stam. And I'm Tony Hedstrom. All right, let's get this party started. (laughs) Oh, I I have to ask. Did you leave cookies and milk out for Snoop Dogg last night? (laughs) I did. It was actually brownies, though. (laughs) His favorite. (laughs) And a lollipop. Did you eat any? No. Okay. I had to work. Oh. I'd, I'd still be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't want to beat a dead horse, but we, we are talking today about the market again. <laughs> um, because you know what? In this kind of market that's ever-changing, we learn new things and we or we realize new things like every week, mm-hmm. right, as we're out in the field. But there was a, a publication of their latest Realtor Magazine yeah. in the greater Tampa area, and Selena's gonna tell us some of these crazy statistics. Yeah, so something that's really shocking for both Tony and I is um, last year at this time, there was at least two months of inventory left on the market. And that on was the market, low. And it was low at the time, yeah. This year, February 2021, there was 0.8 homes left <laughs> on the market. Not 0.8, but yeah. amount of inventory left on the market. Yeah, that's point, crazy. Point eight months. That means in less than a month, a month. we'd be sold That's out. right. Totally sold out. And our time, a days on market in February 2020 was 37. And now they're about 11 days. So what's that tell you? Because when you're calculating contract to close, so your your days on market, right? It doesn't stop. Does It doesn't stop when you go pending, does it? That count? I thought it did. Okay, maybe it does, but the days to close keeps counting. Yes, I, I thought it did, but we can confirm that. Yeah, and and um, I'll double check it. Because my question would be, is that eleven days including the process to get from contract to closing? Because that would prove to you right there that it's cash. cash. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's interesting. That's, okay, so we'll work. Yeah. I'll work on that and okay. get the answer okay. next week. <laughs> I can't leave. (laughs) Look for it in the comments of this podcast later. Um, What else you got? So um, let's see. So the the percentage of the original list price, so list to sale price, you know, uh, we would typically see about 97%, -hmm. you know, a couple years ago. Even in February of 2020 was 98%. Now we're seeing 100%. Yeah. Which means you're paying at least list price. Mm -hmm. At least. Right. What we're seeing because, you know, well, no, never mind. That wasn't that wasn't going to make sense. But we actually have um, the median sales price in last year was two hundred fifty eight thousand nine hundred, and this year it's three oh five. And what percentage increase is that? A seventeen point eight. So your property values, if you were a homeowner and you bought last January twenty twenty, have gone up, up almost eighteen yep. percent in one year. Yeah. Um, and then the closed sales volume, well, February of last year was 1,505, and then this year is 1,615. So, you know, well, oh, wait, this one's an interesting one. The active inventory, active listings from last February is 3,695, and February of this year is 1,392. Hmm. Yeah. 
So another publication that a lot of realtors are talking about that just came out this week um, is a study that says 3.8 million homes would have to come on the market in the United States to just stabilize the market, not to flip it, Mm -hmm. just stabilize it. We have been talking for a while, Selena and I, about needing approximately 5,000 homes to come on on the market in the greater Tampa area just to stabilize Mm -hmm. the market. And your numbers there kind of prove that. Sure. If the numbers in February of last year were just under 4,000, and the inventory was short, right? Yeah. So about 5,000 homes would have to come on the market. And I I just don't see it happening. I mean, it would be like a mass exodus. I, yeah. And the problem is, is everybody's coming here. Nobody wants to leave Florida. That's right. Nobody wants to leave. And even if you sell your house, which we keep saying, you're going to have a hard time finding some place to go. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's a scary situation for people that do not have to relocate out to, outside of the state. Easy peasy, right? They're going to sell no problem. But if you want to stay in the state, there's a little issue. You know, okay, when you have an oddity in a market and the innovators, the ones who come up with a plan or an idea to capitalize on that whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And I just can't help but think that if I was an investor, that I would buy some land Mm -hmm. and put a whole bunch of RVs on it or something. Somebody's gotta create an opportunity for temporary housing. So I've been thinking about that, but I'm not buying a whole bunch. I just wanna buy one Airbnb, so I'll have one available. But you know, just one. But no, it's a real. Well, yeah. Now, come on, I mean, we need. Like, I mean, it's uh, my budget, lady. We my need budget. like I'm not rich. We need like an <laughs> RV park, and it's got to be cool. It can't yeah. be like Slumlordville. It has no. to be. It has to be cool. It has to be interesting where people would enjoy being there for a month or six weeks. It could have yeah, pool amenities. Oh, yeah, I mean, it could work. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to come up with a temporary housing idea. Now, what I have noticed, there are a lot of apartment complexes going up. Mm, I know. Which, you know, in Pasco, there was a shortage, but now I hear that the county's kind of fighting against mm-hmm. having all these multifamily. Yeah. You know, I guess because of the road structure and stuff like that, but... Uh, definitely needs some kind of temporary housing idea. And whoever has the money to back a project like that is going to, I think, make a lot of money. It's funny because in Riverview, uh, I had noticed not too long ago there was new construction. And we know new construction is also in the same situation as resale where there's a waiting list and it's competitive. But I was noticing that some of the new construction communities, they were building apartments in front. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I wonder if they're doing that on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe so. And, but it... Probably not. It's just I just really thought that was interesting how you can't get a house in there, but you could probably go get an apartment right now and it's going to be brand new, sign your lease for a year. And, you know, I don't know. I felt we talked about this and I don't think Courtney took us seriously. Mm -mm. Courtney, you need to put us on that crowdfunding thing. Let's do it. What are we? What are we? What's a crowdfund? I don't even know what this is. No, last week we discussed. the home solutions team buying an apartment complex or like a, sm- a duplexy type uh so was i i don't think i was at that you, you were, were here on the podcast last week and we were going to call it um home solutions team or hotel home solutions remember you sang for, for us clients, and everything for clients who can't buy was right I now drunk <laughs> i don't remember this at all we kept it in the podcast too you said i like have no money. but la- i don't remember this at all like you that's... gave our whole address so people would like send us money <laughs> Selena ate those brownies last night, girl. <laughs> I don't remember at all. Girl. That's age right there. Oh, my God. That is we'll age. We'll crowdfund. We'll get something. Come going. on, let's do it. I'm dead serious. 
This is a brilliant idea. I'm all for, for money. We are rock star business people, entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. You give us some money, we'll make it grow <laughs> like a flower. Yeah. Let's talk about in-the-field experiences, right? So we're out every week with buyers. Um, we got experiences on both sides, you mm-hmm. know, as listing agents and buyer agents. Um, one of the things that I found this week, so first, for two weeks in a row, I've had 10 to 12 houses to show this one particular buyer. Which is interesting. That's interesting, mm-hmm. right? So you are seeing, you know, more, a little more inventory, but I'm noticing it. it's really only, I'm only seeing it in east of Tampa, like Brandon, Riverview. Okay. Over that way, I'm seeing the inventory kind of kick up a little bit. But we wrote some offers, girl. Yeah, I saw. We wrote three. And so here's the trick on that. What if you write three offers for your client and you've taken away the unrestricted right to terminate and all three get accepted? And they all get accepted. So I had to be very careful and um, I was very careful with their earnest money because, you know, I was, for this client on contracts we had written, I was putting a $10,000 earnest money. Mm -hmm. So I decided I couldn't risk $10,000. And um, so we split it up because I, I there had to be an amount that they could lose. Yeah, so you did like, I saw it, 2500 mm-hmm. and then your big one later on. And 2500 is a That's lot of money lot. to risk, mm-hmm. but you know, you gotta put it on the table. Mm-hmm. But as we were looking at the houses, so literally out of the 12, there were like seven mm-hmm. that they liked and they were willing oh. to write an offer on. So then I dove deep. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, buyers still have a budget, right? Um, a few of them, you know, were at their max budget okay. at the list price, and I told them it's it's going to take more than list yeah. price. So you know, let's not even kill a tree on this sure. one, right? So we we weeded out a few in that sense, and then we were left with you know, I think it was five, and out of the five, there was one four that they loved and one that they liked. Okay. Um. I weeded out another one because, you know, I, I still do the market analysis because what's important is your buyer has to be prepared to pay over appraisal, right? But that means as a buyer agent, you really have to know what it's going to appraise for mm-hmm. so that you know if you actually have that kind of money, sure. right? And you can commit to that. And what I found was most of the houses were priced right at market value. Okay. Okay. One of them was severely overpriced. Now, this was actually an open house that we went to. So I met the agent there and she's like, before I even put it on, you know, put it on the market, I had four offers. Okay. You know, we're definitely uh, highest and best by the end of the day. And it it wasn't a terrible floor plan. It's a floor plan we see very often. Yeah. But it had the weirdest floors. Really? But the buyers didn't even care. Like they're not even they don't even care about floors, paint, countertops. But they liked that desperation. House. Well, they liked it enough to possibly put an offer, okay. but the problem is is because of the frenzied market, I knew that the offers were gonna be even higher than the list sure. price and even the list price wasn't gonna appraise. So what you'd have to do is say, <laughs> Okay, this house is listed for two seventy five, it will not appraise for more than two fifty. Yeah. So if you offer two eighty, yeah you're gonna have to be prepared to bring 30,000 in cash, plus your 20% so down do. payment, plus your closing, closing costs, costs, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm seeing that, how agents are guilty of ticking these prices up. Tick, tick, tick. So, tick. yes, I, down in Bradenton, Sarasota, and even parts of St. Pete where I was at, 
I noticed that too because I'm like, it was literally a difference of $75,000 from the last recorded sale, mm-hmm. which was like three weeks prior. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this agent was just like, the attitude was like, somebody will pay it. That's their attitude. That So then that was the seller's attitude because that's what they're being told by their agent. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and it'll go over. So I'm watching that one just to see because I thought, wow, this yeah. is what's happening now. Well, you know, again, with your with buyers out there in the market, if you're offering more than appraisal and you're not rich, Mm-mm. okay, you're a normal family, you've mm-hmm. saved some money, you at least can be in the market, mm-hmm. unlike some buyers, um, but you don't have a, you know, a pocket full of gold in the backyard. Right. You got to really realize what you're committing to <laughs> if you're offering more than that price. You got to understand kind of what, how much cash is coming out of your pocket potentially. Right. Because if a house is listed for 270 and you offer 280 and you're thinking 10,000, and you, you're like, okay, I got the 10,000 covered, and then it appraises, and you've taken away the appraisal contingency, right? So you're committed, even if it doesn't mm-hmm. appraise, and it comes in low, now that gap cash bigger. is a lot bigger than 10,000. What are you gonna do at that point? Yeah. So really understand you know, what it's going to appraise for and what you're really looking at for gap cash. Gap cash. I like so it. So cute. Gap cash. Yeah. Now, out of those houses that we wrote the contracts on, the one that, not the four that she loved, but the one that she liked, we got. Now, how much over did you have to go? So, I think the list price on that one was $250 or $255, and we wrote an offer for $263. And that's exactly what I did. I really dove deep to find out what that house was going to appraise for so that I can identify exactly what she could potentially have to bring cash to close which would be her 20% down on the appraised value plus the cash gap difference yeah. and then the closing costs. So right now we know what the worst case scenario mm-hmm. is. If you can handle the worst case scenario, then anything else would be golden. Sure. So if it does appraise for higher than I'm estimating, then it's less cash she has to okay. bring. But the conversation that I had with her when I first told her, I said, I have good news and I have bad news. And of course, everybody wants the bad news first. Yeah. I said, we didn't get one, two, three Main Street, mm-hmm. right? That was a house I really wanted them to have. Yeah. And um, I said, but we got ABC Main Street. <laughs> she goes, oh. Oh. <laughs> and the conversation that we had, you know, I basically told her this, just buy it. Yeah. What are your options, right? Here's the thing. Buyers can no longer be looking for their dream home. Now you're looking for a home, just, just a <laughs> Some house, place that you can right? Live. You know, you're, you're going to compromise a lot. But if you get your hands on a house, here's what happens on that. In that case, if I think that house that she's going to buy is going to appraise at 255 mm-hmm. and she's offered 263, guess what happens once the property closes? Now it's value is 263. Remember that what creates value is what a seller's willing to sell and a buyer's willing to buy. Don't forget that. So now, even though she's paying over the current market value of the home, her sale will become a comp comp for that neighborhood, which is how the prices begin to tick up and tick up. Unless the appraisers come up with an adjustment for crazy market adjustment which yeah. I'm kind of waiting to see something like that yeah you know like um 
I can't think of an adjustment to kind of compare it to, but you know, maybe um, once upon a time when there were a lot of um, short sales and foreclosures, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. kind of had a condition adjustment or some kind of adjustment yeah. for that. Maybe appraisers will come up with a, a crazy market adjustment. I don't know. Because you know, appraisers can do whatever the hell they want. But we love you. If you see it, <laughs> any of <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> no, it's interesting, though, because if it, when somebody in your neighborhood sells, we, we just had a recent sale, and their house is a little bit bigger than ours, and for what it sold for, I was like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. So then it spurs other people like, well, hey, let's let's sell. Look what they got. And then you know that that's the comp, and that's the that's appraisal. Right. So that's what's moving all these prices upward. Yeah. But in this in this case of this house, it was in a nice neighborhood. It was a clean home, older roof, new okay. AC. Okay. Um, she's like the backyard's small. I'm like I don't care. She's don't like care. the house is small. I'm like I don't, I don't care. care. <laughs> no, I know. You know because know. what would her options be right now? You know she's renting a property in Brooksville, oh. which is really far north of everything, and I told her I said if you if you jump into the rental market, you're gonna you're gonna pay so much more yeah right for so much less yeah and your investment is secure now you know I'm not uh, what's his name Dave Ramsey Bernie Madoff oh well we were way off with each other (laughs) (laughs) I was going financials (laughs) like you know hey I'm not a financial accountant guy person so take it with a grain of salt but you know Look back to the 3.8 million houses needed in the United States, the 5,000 needed here in the greater Tampa area, your investment is pretty safe. Mm -hmm. There will not be a market crash. I know a lot of people are talking about that on Facebook uh, groups for local real estate agents. You have some that'll say the market's going to crash. Yeah. And you have others that are like, nope. I'm on the nope. Yeah, I haven't really ever thought it was going to crash. The only thing I was considered or concerned about was all the forbearance, but now I'm seeing that kind of shift and change where so I'm not. Equity is moving Mm -hmm. up so quickly that we have a new listing coming up. And because of forbearance, first of all, this particular seller almost did bankruptcy instead. So if you look at a few podcasts ago, we had a conversation about this homeowner. Um, and then she finally came around and decided to yeah. withdraw from the bankruptcy. And we have, we're prepared to put her on the market as a short sale. Mm-hmm. So when I first started talking to her, the value I was coming up with on her town home was about 275. Yeah. And that's what, if we were lucky. Mm-hmm. She's gonna have to sell for 310 to avoid the short sale. Okay. And over the course of two and a half months, there's been one of her units that sold for 295 mm. and then one just sold for 300 and it literally was on the market for a couple days so i'm like wow just what if i list it for 310 and we actually sell it she'll avoid the short sale yeah. she won't walk away with any money but she'll avoid uh, you know having a short sale yeah. so i'm tempted to do that now i'd have to get the 310 yeah you know 305 Mm-mm. We're in short sale territory because she doesn't have five thousand so dollars. Yeah, but um, it's it's really interesting that the the equity is moving up so quickly that people who thought they may have been in trouble just just a couple months ago mm-hmm. are actually you know skimming through. Yeah, so that was so that's why I'm kind of 
on the nope side now after seeing how it's making that turn. Mm -hmm. So just get a house, worry about the dream house later. Stop all the criteria. Oh, I've got to have this, I've got to have that. If you, you need somewhere to live, period. Yeah, I mean, unless you have a lot of cash and you're willing to pay a lot over, and when I mean a lot, I just talked with an agent last week on a house in Waterset. Okay, now I remember when Waterset was beginning and that used to be one of our favorite places and still a great community, but they, um, $80,000 over list price. Mm-hmm. And now that's a comp for the rest yes. of the neighborhood. So, you know, well, you know, um, after spending this weekend with this buyer that I had, it was my third time out with them, my third time to sit down and write mm -hmm. contracts for them. The first time, didn't get anything. Yeah. The second time, didn't get anything. The third time, I, I was like, what can I put into this contract so that we get a house, Make it work. right? So one of the things I thought about was that I'm, I'm hearing <clears throat> that buyers are waiving their appraisal, obviously. They're, they're waiving their loan approval period, right? Which means they're committed to that house. Yeah. If they get denied loan approval, they're losing oh. their earnest money. And they're waiving their inspections. And I literally had these contracts written with the waiving the inspection. And I had to go back and change it. Yeah. So in Florida that we have an as is contract okay. that's, I don't know why, but it's preferred. Um, I actually, as a listing agent, think the crisp is better. But anyway, yeah. that's another podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> On the as is contract, you have an inspection period that you negotiate for. Mm -hmm. It could be zero to however many days, right? And that inspection period is actually an unrestricted right to terminate period. So it's not that you can only terminate because something bad was found on the inspections, you could literally just change Just your because, yep. So in the most, usually on, on the contract it states 15 days would be, but then, you know, a lot of times we write 10 days, but in today's market, like Tony said, it'd go to zero, seven, yeah. three, whatever. Mm -hmm. Whatever they'll accept. You tell me how to write the offer. <laughs> but you know what I thought about though? So I kind of thought about this because this weekend I was writing contracts for this buyer and I got contracts on a listing that we yeah. had. And I thought, you know, I'm really doing a disservice to the seller if I allow them to accept a contract that has no inspection. So I, that's one of the things I want to talk to. The main topic of this podcast today is really to sellers in the sense that you might think you have a great contract mm -hmm. if they're waiving the inspection and they're waiving the appraisal and they're waiving loan approval and they're waiving all of these things, right? And <clears throat> so can I ask a quick question for you? Sure. So if a buyer is waiving the inspection, that doesn't necessarily mean that they do not have to have an inspection, right? The period, that just means they cannot terminate if something was to come up on the inspection. That's correct. Okay. I mean, you can still get an inspection, mm -hmm. but if you do terminate, your earnest money is not protected. Right, and that way the buyer still knows kind of what's going on if they chose to still do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well. So I go back to me as a homeowner and mm -hmm. probably you, right? Mm -hmm. If I were to put my house on the market in Florida, I'd have to fill out a seller's property disclosure. Mm -hmm. And if I filled out a seller's property disclosure today, 100% honestly, mm -hmm. I guarantee that an inspector would find things that I am not aware of. That's right. Because I don't go on my roof. I don't, don't crawl through my attic. attic. 
all the I time. don't run around, test all my outlets, nope. uh, you know. So I would honestly fill out the seller property disclosure. That becomes part of the contract. The buyer acknowledges it and signs it, and it is actually part of the contract mm-hmm. as an addenda. And then they don't get an inspection, they close on the home, and something happens. Mm-hmm. What do you think that buyer's gonna think? Oh, that the seller did not disclose something on the disclosure, and they're going to try to sue you, sue. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a whole can of worms that is a really ugly can of worms. And I think a seller is um, really putting themselves at risk if they allow a buyer to buy their home without an inspection. Yeah. I really do. So what I decided to do on these contracts is I took away the buyer's unrestricted right to terminate. Right? So we gave that up. We can't just terminate. But we are getting an inspection to ensure the home is insurable. Now, when you get property inspections, you can get a general inspection, Mm -hmm. but there are also insurance inspections, Mm -hmm. right? One is a four point, it's called a four point, and it addresses your roof, your electrical, your plumbing, and your air conditioning Mm -hmm. system. The other is a wind mitigation certification for the roof. So I know that on that general property inspection, things that are normally found, we're not gonna be able to address. The buyer will have that information and be prepared, you know, but a lot of times, what are the most common things you see on an inspection? Oh, an outlet not working, GFCI not in the kitchen or, you know, something of that. Um, There could be, you know, rats in the attic, things like that. Those Mm -hmm. are all things that, like Tony said, not going through your house. There could be, I mean, there's all sorts of little things that right. I find. Oh, you know, holes in the soffits outside, maybe a shingle missing up on the roof because mm-hmm. you don't ever crawl up there. Yeah. Those are the type of things I yeah. see. You know, so what the way I wrote this contract is we're going to have the general inspection, but if anything is on that four point, mm-hmm. so anything that doesn't clear the four point for roof, AC, plumbing, or HVAC, I have an out there. So I retained that part of the inspection period. I thought that was a real win-win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because nothing worse than going under contract. We've had, we've been there before where you go under contract and you cannot get insurance on the house because of certain things that have popped up. Yeah. And you're like, what? And then you negotiate through it and, you know, it's most of the time it works out. But right. that would be an awful situation in this market right. with no... Right. So good job. I pat on the back. So I would say, you know, if you're a seller, require the buyer have an inspection. Mm-hmm. It's a CYA, people. What's CYA mean? Cover your ass. Big time. Um, waiving the loan period. So we work with a lender that you guys might have met in episode somewhere down the back. Six, maybe? What episode was he in? Gosh. Yeah. Five. Oh, episode five, Josh Goodwin, our mm-hmm. monotone Josh Goodwin. <laughs> <laughs> we love him. Anyway, he, um, you know, he pretty much pre-underwrites yeah. our buyers for us, which pre-underwritten versus loan approval means that they pretty much are approved for the loan. It's only the house things that are yeah. withstanding, right? So, you know, the survey, title policy, appraisal. you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing, appraisal, right? So having a buyer pre-underwritten would allow you to significantly reduce that um, loan commitment period, but to put zero days is too risky. 
knock it down to five because here's the thing for for this particular lender even if he's pre underwritten this client if i send him this contract and he comes back and says tony they can't they can't do it not with the insurance for that home right. not with the cdd now we do net sheets so mm-hmm. we pretty much would always skip that part right because we know what the buyer's max monthly payment mm-hmm. is on their loan approval but look, just for instance you got to give that that lender at least a day or two to confirm everything right. is okay mm-hmm. right so in this particular case we reduced that loan commitment down to five days right we didn't take it to zero we took it to five days yeah and to tap to add on to what you were saying with the CDD and insurance, and she's talking about that because it those two items have significant can have significant impact on your payment. It can. So you can think, oh, this house is great, and you're not really realizing insurance is triple what you had thought. Mm-hmm. Triple is a little extreme, but you know yeah. what I mean. And then it impacts your payment by three hundred dollars extra a month, and you just don't qualify for that particular home. That's right. And mm-hmm. so for this buyer, we keep referring to. She qualified for homes at 285 mm-hmm. up in the Zephyr Hills area. Yeah. Couldn't touch a home in Hawks Here. Point at 280. Yeah. Because of the CDDs, right? So it's not always about just the sales price. You got to look at everything. You got to yeah. look at the insurance, um, you know, HOA, CDD, all that. Yeah. What are some other. You, you talked last week about um, somebody offering to buy the seller dinner. Yes, yeah. And my client wrote a, one of those great letters Aww. and I sent it off. I have no idea if that had any impact. Okay. Obviously, it didn't on the other two. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it had any impact on the one. I'll ask the agent mm-hmm. if it did. But beyond those main those things, ones. the price, the earnest money, the um, loan approval period, the inspection, inspection period. What are uh, some other things you can think of that could make a buyer's contract stronger? Well, it's it's hard because, so yeah, I saw an agent said they'd buy dinner. You know, at what at one point it becomes bribery. You know, um, so beyond the normal things, offering more than list price, mm-hmm. extra earnest money. Mm-hmm. Um, waiving Appraisal loan commitment mm-hmm. and inspection or whatever you do there. What are some other ideas you can think of to make a contract more attractive? Hmm. That's a tough question because I try to think out of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, one of the things really that I did on, on these contracts mm-hmm. is in the closing date, I put May 20th or seller choice. Oh, I did do that because I'm seeing that a lot, too, is that, you know, these people who are trying to transition to another house, they either are really looking for somebody who's going to let them lease back. Yeah. So they can liquidate, get the cash and buy something else. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they they're putting their house on the market right now, but they really don't. They really need to stay in the house till the end of July, for example. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the things. Put a closing date so that you show that you can close quickly in mm-hmm. 30 days or seller's choice or we'll close late, whatever you want. So that's one of the thoughts. Move in. Yeah. The other thought in our market um, is the title policy is paid by the seller and so are the doc stamps. Well, yeah, so that came up before. And then, so the way I was looking at it is a buyer's already bringing all this money and then I'm like, oh, let's add to your closing costs so you can get a house. I guess it's a conversation to be had mm-hmm. for the seller to decide. But yeah, that's yeah. a good one too for the, unless you're in Manatee. 
County because yeah. Hillsborough County and Manatee are different on that. Um, but yeah, that's a way to do it. Well, a smart seller with a smart listing agent, it's literally like when, when we have a listing and we have multiple offers, we weed out, we get to the top four or five, and then we create net sheets for each offer. So regardless of all the verbiage and the way you get to the bottom line, the key is the bottom line, kind mm-hmm. of like, which one of these nets me the, the most? Mm-hmm. That's the way you really should look at it. But I think because real estate is so psychological that instead of just offering one big thing, you're offering all these little little things things that equal the one big thing, right? So you offer 10,000 more than the house, but you're willing to pay title policy, doc stamps, Mm -hmm. you know, and all these different things like that. I wonder if just all that in the contract makes the seller think it's better. Probably, but to be honest, I think something like title policy and all that, is probably the most overlooked item Mm -hmm. on the contract. Right. So I don't even know, now unless it's a really good, an agent that's been in the business for a while that really takes a look at a lot of the contracts in a market like this, I tend to think anybody gets their license and then they list a home and you know, they're not looking at the contract quite like we would Mm -hmm. or another experienced agent would. And, uh, but I feel that one gets overlooked a lot. Yeah. So, I don't know if it helps eventually, maybe, but I don't know if it, I don't know. Well, it comes right down to, I mean, you can, a buyer can pay their agent's own commission. Yeah. That's 3%. That's true. I mean, it's all about cash. It's all about having money mm-hmm. to play the game. And right now it's just one big freaking yeah. game. So Tony, it's our favorite time now. We're going to talk about that that shit ain't gonna gonna work. Okay, so there I was yesterday and I was knee deep in something and I look up and there's the guy that does my lawn care spraying yeah spraying my yard and i'm like i look out my lanai screen door is open and i run outside and i'm like have you seen my dog no i said is my gate open that gate yeah that gate yeah it's open i said if my dog's missing i'm gonna be pissed and i'm running through the house i'm trying to find him chances right there obviously it's mr crash can't find him anywhere now it was Monday, which means I was in my boxer shorts and no bra. Nice. Even though I was working. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's just how it goes on Monday. And um, so I'm running around. I'm like, I don't have time to get a bra. So I just put on a jacket and yeah. I found my flip flops and I'm running around trying to, you know, get my keys. And Figure out where um, I looked through the house one more time and then I went out in the backyard. I said, you need to go. Yeah. And he says, what? I said, get the fuck off my property now. And the look on his face was priceless. So I come back around, I grab my keys, I'm about to jump in my car to go find Crash, and guess who comes sauntering down the hallway? <laughs> Mr. Crash. Like, he was taking a nap. Like, What's going on? Well, I did not go out and apologize until the guy <laughs> found my dog. He went back, and later the company called me, and they're like, 
this is Hedstrom. Did we understand your dog got loose? Did you find him? I'm like, it took me a while, but I did. <laughs> Here's the thing. These, this, they know. I've been with these people for. I've been with these people for years. And the, the ongoing rule is they have to call me and tell me when they're coming. So typically I'll get a call. Most of the time they leave a voicemail. Hey, Tony, you know, this, yeah. isn't, this is the company and we'll be at your house Monday. Yeah. So then I know that I let my dogs out in the morning and then I round them up and get them inside because I know somebody's coming and is going to open the gate. Same thing with my yard guy. He comes on Wednesdays. So I know not to leave yeah. the dogs running free on Wednesdays. It's funny because our... I'll piggyback off that because our um, fertilizer guys that come to treat Mm -hmm. the lawn in the backyard left. Well, so I have the husky and then the bulldog and the bulldog, she'll run, but she runs straight to the dog park. And like, if she's missing, she's literally sitting in front of the dog park. (laughs) Like, just let me in. So you know where she's at. The husky is just a maniac. Uh It goes all over. So they had left it open. I let them out. Didn't even think about the, the gate. And there she goes. So I had to get in the car, chase her down, yada, yada, yada. So then the next month, they did the same thing. And the next month, and I had already called. So typically after my house, they usually go to my mom's house. So get in the car, roll down the window. And same thing. I was like, you left my gate open. This is the third time. Then the owner came, knocked on the door. Because he, the owner is always out there working mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we are so sorry. And they comped me like three months of mm-hmm. service. And I said, literally, if she gets out again... I'm, I'm going to like sh- smear your name all over because I'm lucky I find her. Yeah. She's, she's a husky and she just goes. And people, still to this day, I've had her for three years now. If I'm walking her down the street, people are like, do you want to sell your dog? Why would I? Like, are you normal? Like they, people will just snatch her and she'll be gone forever. Nobody would really want to keep Crash. I mean, he's super <laughs> no, cute. I but would. you wouldn't be able to catch him <laughs> because he goes feral. <laughs> He's just, my husband did an imitation of him last night and it cracked me up. And I can't do it because I look way too stupid. But he just, his mind goes blank he and he's just, like, you know, you can't catch this yeah. guy. No, Kira would jump in and you just open the door and she's like, okay, oh, treat, okay. And she's gone. But yeah, that's frustrating. Because it is a very, you have a false sense of security that these people are going to lock up your stuff. <laughs> they don't. There he was with his little sprayer. The <laughs> look on his face. He's probably ta- he's talking about you. You're going to be talked about for about a week now. Well, when they guy. when they called me, I said your your boy might think I'm crazy. I said, but you know what? Here's the thing, people, vendors. You want to know what a homeowner, a, a pet owner, is thinking when you've let their dog loose? I'm sitting there last night with both of my dogs, and I'm like, I can't even imagine. And this is going to sound kind of gross, but I can't even imagine. It's not that they get loose. It's if they run in front of a car and I have to find them that, that yeah. way. That like, would be hard. you know, I could, I don't know. Yeah. I would be on the news. Yeah. Because I would go rampage with that. Yeah. Be careful. Respect people's property. Watch out for their pets. Yep. That's my shit ain't going to work. Well, thank you for joining us on episode 10. So we hope what you've learned from this today is that understanding the contract terms that are in front of you when you're a seller and that maybe it looks good, but it might not be the best decision for you. So you should really weigh out all the options when it comes to before you sign. 
understand the repercussions mm-hmm. of every term you agree to. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. It could be a wolf in sheep's clothing. Ooh, scary. All right. Well, we look forward to see, see you, you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday.